0: Welcome to The Corner Office, where we bring you the latest news from the world of commercial real estate, the greatest voices in the industry, and the corporate chats you've been missing. Let's get to it. Today, we have Kate, our head of marketing at Coletti, talking to us. Kate is wearing a blue jacket today. Why did you choose to wear a blue jacket?
1: Because you usually steal the show in podcasts. Got you. So, so I thought like a bright jacket.
0: I've broken out of the mold today. I've gone for a black shirt. So, mm. um,
1: You're definitely going to blend into the background. Yeah.
0: So, (laughs) tell us about yourself. So, we, I mean, in the company, we all do our Enneagrams. Um, Surprise, surprise, you were the intense creative, the four.
1: I can't remember the number.
0: Intense creative.
1: The intense creative Enneagram actually did shock me.
0: The reality is it's a spectrum. So, you can be somewhere on that spectrum. Maybe you're a little bit more creative, but you still have a lot of logic or...
1: So, I think for me, the intense creativity just comes with, like, the way that my brain works. It's not necessarily... I don't know. I don't think it's an external thing, even the Enneagrams. It's weird because actually, like, I, before varsity, I wasn't really tapping into, like, a creative space. Like, I was quite an academic at school. You know, like, my subjects were biology, physics, you and business. You're just bringing that out there just yeah. for the, Yeah. Okay. Um, but then after school, when I started sort of, like, experimenting with content creation, that was, like, my first introduction to creativity. I was worried
0: about what the end of that sentence was going to be. But yeah. Okay. What did you think it was going to be? I don't
1: know. No, no. Um, I think in school it was more, like instruments and like group what do you call it team sports and stuff like that but i never i never did any design subjects at school i never did art um so it was it was actually interesting to end up in this field i don't know i think like my family's very creative my mom is extremely creative my sister did design and arts in school and then my other sister's like super academic so i think i came in and kind of found the balance between both of them and that's why i'm where i'm now i'm working Trying to be creative in corporate.
0: So you're a creative corporate, basically. <laughs> yes, wow. exactly. Okay, okay, I'm glad we've covered that.
1: Okay, fantastic.
0: You run a few businesses. Okay, you you are a high energy person. So you know I know this about you. In fact, when we first started talking, you had a whole lot of things on the go, and we're going to talk about the tech as well. Because basically I'll tell you, the first time I met Kate. Um, she came in and wowed us with all these tech applications as a typical Gen. Take an iPad ed-
1: to an interview. A gen <laughs> Gen
0: Gen Z. Z. What am I? Gen X. X. Okay, I'm Gen X. No, am I? You are. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you seem disappointed. I feel
0: like I'm just outside of that.
1: I think you're a Gen yeah. Z at heart, to be honest. Oh, I've got
0: the grey hair. Anyway, so Kate brought out this iPad and she's linked her emails to all this kind of stuff and she could track <laughs> our accounts and had all this really interesting stuff. And and so, you know, Lad, I want to talk a little bit about sort of tech applications and also data led marketing because specifically in real estate, data-led marketing is so critical because if we're not tracking and I suppose in all brands and, and all business really, you can't just go marketing i mean and i think about you know my dear mother for example and she says you know, i really need someone to you know do my marketing but she has an absolutely no idea what, what she's tracking yeah. what she wants to do what she wants to actually achieve and you've got to set out with these objectives what are you trying to achieve are you trying to achieve more people following you do you have an interesting story how are you engaging with your community as it were you know but all of that leads down to hard data which is actually trackable and I can, kate brought that to our office and, and it was really, really interesting. So I want to dive into that later. But how are you able to, is it the tech that you're able to pull all of this together? Uh, you've got different businesses, you've got photography, you've got a marketing agency, you've got this role, you've got a whole lot of stuff going on.
1: I think if it was all, if it required a different brain, like if it was all different things, it would be more challenging. I think one, yes, I use the same tech across everything that I'm doing at galetti and every other Sort of like venture that i'm involved in but i think it's it's kind of the same brain and at one like what i learn in one space i bring into the other so that's what i think makes it easy is that the one learns from the other and the way that it's structured it's all very integrated and it kind of all operates in the same space which makes it easy to move across i think um but i do think tech plays a massive role because i mean automations one thing i was doing manually three months ago is now in automation. Yeah. So it's kind of just this constant evolvement and learning of how you can do multiple. How can you spend your 12 hours in a day? Yeah, You know, when everyone else goes to bed at seven or whatever, then I don't for a couple of hours, a couple few more.
0: I have you, hours. I have <laughs> you. So, I mean, for me, it's, it's quite interesting, really, because now you, you're you pulling all the different ideas, as I suppose anyone does. You know, if you're involved in different things, you get a great idea over there, or you see a way of making something more efficient, you're mm-hmm. going to take it across, right? I mean, that's, I suppose, human nature. Yeah. What's interesting for me, though, is your approach is is really, and I suppose you, your business called Four Time, you, you're approaching it for a, from a full time, it's very clear what your statement is there, Efficiency. right? It's to be efficient. Efficiency mm-hmm. in marketing, pulling these things together, and at... Marketing, advertising, I mean, I suppose all of this pulls together, but how is it that you drive efficiencies into your marketing process? We'll talk about the creativity, but Mm -hmm. this is now the logical business brain working, right? So how are you driving these efficiencies in without giving away the secret sauce?
1: it actually started just from a natural skill like I think I think it was something I even said to you when I first interviewed and it was kind of like you're not going to find someone who can design something as good and as fast as I can so it was kind of this thing is when I see something I know what I want to change. I know what I want. If you give me a draft, I can fix it really quickly. So that was kind of where it started, is that it was a compliment I was getting. It was part of testimonials. It was something that clients were constantly referring to, even from a photography perspective. When I was taking on photography clients, it was how quick I got them the photos afterwards. No one really wants to wait a year for their wedding photos, but everybody does. So when they don't, it's this massive selling point, and then I was getting, like, rep- I did their 40th, the child's 18th, then the next child. You know, like, it's the same... Um, clients that keep coming back. Decisive, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it was constantly this this common thread of efficiency, which I then fed into. And I was like, okay, well, if people appreciate it so much, it's really not that difficult for me to get these things out so quickly. So it was how I trained the rest of the team. And then obviously when Vans and I started going into business together, she's very much operations focused. So she loves a process that works from A to Z very fast. So then we kind of joined my creative efficiency and her operations efficiency and that was the, the development of four time it's about being up to date with the latest yeah. tech you shouldn't be doing something manually if it can be automated and that's this whole chat GPT things come in but on the other hand it's about having this, the right people in the right places if you're if it's set up correctly especially in a creative field the people who are in the right positions will be able to do what they do very fast yeah. if you put a, gra- a good graphic designer in your company with a good copywriter they should be able to collaborate and mm. produce work really quickly whereas like if there's the wrong people Especially in a creative space, then it can t- it can be a very lengthy process. That's when you're getting like Terrible, two, yeah. two week turnaround. I mean, I remember when we f- when I first joined. I mean, you guys were getting um, uh, what was it brochures outsourced, and I mean those would take like two three weeks to push out. When I first joined, do you Aren't You wishing that? you just left them out there so much, <laughs> so much. <laughs> but it's fine um and now we push our brochures in an, like an hour you yeah. know so i think it's it's a mixture of skill and efficiency yeah. yeah
0: so i mean what i want to chat about now is chat gpt you you sort of touched on it there have you used any of the others
1: no actually i haven't apparently
0: bard that's the google one yeah. no, google one chat gpt is microsoft
1: well it's been integrated Musk, to microsoft yeah yeah
0: so i think bard is google one apparently also great, up to date. But do you not think they're all kind odds. of going
1: to be the same now? It's like fitness watches and phones. Like you know, what once I the hate, tech comes out, what it's what all I the same. hate
0: is when you hit the limitations. You know they write rules, so they say I can't be mean.
1: Yes. Or I can't. I can't. Have an opinion. I, can't
0: I can't have an opinion. Yeah. Yes, that's what it is. I can't have an opinion, and that's a rule because I bet you it can have an opinion, but they've said no, you can't have an opinion. Yeah. No?
1: yeah. Ethics. S- is that what it's
0: driving at? I don't know. I'm saying,
1: because who programmed it? Who's, whose opinion are we now pulling through? Well, it's the world's general opinion. Isn't it
0: sourcing data from the entire world?
1: It is, but that's why I can't have an opinion, because if you ask it for an opinion, it's like, give me your opinion on the growth of the commercial. Well, real estate I suppose it's going to be
0: database, right? So it's 60-40, so it's going to go for the 60. Oh, I
1: guess. But then is it just about who's pushing out the more content, the people that are on the 60 or the people on the 40? But that's why. But so it a can't bit opinion. of
0: self-learning? So We're going to go
1: down such a hole here. <laughs>
0: I just wanted to have an opinion.
1: <laughs> John doesn't like things about opinions.
0: I also wanted to be mean sometimes. <laughs> right? Kate, a mean email.
1: It can't do that.
0: No, it didn't. It stopped the other day. Really? Yes. I want to talk about influencer marketing, okay? personal branding. Okay? Now, in real estate, so we have into. to, re- we talked a little bit about marketing. I want to talk about real estate, which mm-hmm. is our space. The residential guys are obviously moving way ahead of the commercial guys. Yeah. That's what we're seeing. That's a trend, right? Yeah. The residential guys also have a lot of personal branding. Mm. and you've got a lot of influencer marketing coming in. I mean, you know, some of the, the guys that I like following, um, you've got uh, DDRE, uh, Daniel Daggers, mm. uh, you've got to Hant, yeah. you've got, you know, a couple of guys in that space who are actually doing really, really well with their personal branding, but they've actually turned their business into a marketing business. I mean, we refer to ourselves as an information and marketing sure. business. They are literally marketing is sort of above all else, and they've got really efficient deal makers. So mm. I suppose... A similar process. They've worked out their efficiency. They've got great deal yeah. makers that have put them in place, right? Where, where do you see that going in commercial? And, so and, and also, another question South Africa is not really picking up that trend that well.
1: I think when it comes to Resi and commercial, the biggest difference is that residential, like, it's a lot more emotional because it's a home. So I feel like the people that are doing really well online from a residential perspective, it's so easy to sell because you walk into this magnificent home that's been staged, you walk through it and you kind of sell a home. Whereas commercial you're selling and you're selling an opportunity. You're selling like a story. It's not necessarily like you're going to come live here. It's like can you actually grow your business here, which is a lot more Unattractive in a way. It's a lot more. Well, it's utilitarian, yeah. It's Yeah, it's yeah service, and I mean, yeah. social media, if you're looking at like an influencer space, it's all about aesthetics. It's all about what you see. It's about grabbing people's attention. So I think from a residential perspective, it's a lot easier to do. It's not impossible to do on a commercial side, but you need to have the right people who know what they're talking about. I
0: think Instagram's also driven a lot of it, right? Because people yeah. are looking at like. They love following like billionaire it's inspirational. Um, brands. It's inspiration. I always right? say like
1: Instagram is for inspiration, TikTok's yeah. for relatability, yeah. and LinkedIn's for networking. The whole thing about personal branding and even influencer marketing, people connect with people, and I think from any business's perspective, and that's also what COVID did. COVID forced businesses to be more real online because everyone was craving this human connection. So the content seemed to shifted has seemed to shift so fast towards like. Humor and um, like jokes and stuff like that that actually inspire human emotion. Like, it's it's no longer just here's our product, do you want to tap and buy it? Like, that's not really doing storytelling. Exactly. It's become a storytelling thing, and it's so much easier to do that through a personal brand than it is through like a brand, especially a massive brand. So, I think personal brands have that's exactly what it's introduced. It's how can you actually sell your product through from person to person? Being you, yeah. Exactly. It's kind of taking B2B and B2C and making it a person-to-person exchange, which I think is very interesting. And then on the other side of influencer marketing, I mean, what influencers do, and when people think about influencers, they think like fashion influencers, travel influencers, you know, those are the people that started the space. But nowadays, there are influencers in every single category you can possibly think of. And I mean, there's so many people who will say to me, my target audience isn't on social media. Like, I just don't think, uh, I mean, you know, I've even heard a here in the office. People be like, I don't think people are going to spend 700 million rand. I don't think that lead's going to come from social media. And look at what happened. We've had leads come from Facebook that have ended up in Significant there. transactions, exactly. yeah. So you actually have no idea where your audience is going to come from. But what social media has done so well is to niche it out for you with hashtags, with categories, with whatever it might be. And if you're an influencer online, say you're a property influencer and you have thousands of followers, you have thousands of followers in a specific niche. So if you're collaborating with an influencer, you know that they've grown their audience in that niche. So it kind of gives you, instead of having to spend thousands and thousands on a billboard or whatever, you're having a direct, like direct access yeah. to an engaged and the micro
0: influencers, even exactly. smaller, but and yeah, they're, they're part of a community. Yeah. yeah,
1: and that's where like affiliate marketing, which South Africa is very far behind on. It's based on. Just go into that.
0: What is affiliate marketing? So
1: affiliate marketing is based on actual sales. So you'll get a you'll get an affiliate link for Nike. They give you a pair of shoes, and then every time someone purchases through your link, you get a percentage of that sale. So and people so are making hard, so much money. It's so money hard it. for
0: our space because people just don't go and buy. A link no they don't know. it's all based yeah. on a lead. a lead so
1: when yeah. it comes to property i think even residential property it's it does come down to data and tracking it because you have to be able to track from and i mean this is where robs and i are working so hard now we need to be able to track a lead that came through a mailer a social lead an email lead right up until six seven months a year two years later when the deal eventually closes because it's such a lengthy process and sometimes there can be so many but tech helps to that.
0: enable that right so we different yeah. channels different and, and if it's set up everything correctly. pulls through to the side. Same you know, universe. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, for me, what I'm interested in is and, and you've got a team of guys, right? How should a deal maker in this industry or in the residential industry or, or, or any of the property industries for that sort of matter, how how should they be building their personal brand? One for me is just authenticity,
1: obviously. Sure. You know?
0: I think people too often try and be something And then it's really hard and it takes a lot of energy to continue being that thing. If you just were yourself, you would have done better.
1: I think if you're looking at more corporate influencers, like people that are trying to build their personal brand in a professional sense, um, like I think the first thing is to just not knock it until you try it, because you're going to think, okay, I need to do XYZ, I need to look a certain way, talk a certain way, dress a certain way to be an influencer, but there are so many different platforms out there. Find a platform that works for you. If you don't like showing your face, use Twitter, use LinkedIn. If you like showing your face, use TikTok, use Instagram, you know, and as soon as you start and you start getting feedback, people don't, build their personal brands because they're scared of what their friends and family might say, right? Social media- It's a big thing to overcome. It's eh? massive. But social media will show you that there's an audience out there that actually listens. Like the people that are commenting and liking and resharing- my viral content is not my family and friends even though my mom likes all my stuff um it's it's new people it's a it's a wider audience you know so i think it's about finding a platform that works for you and i mean understanding that there there's so many platforms out there for every type of person and then i think it's about knowing what you're doing and i think the people that do you think it's a just thinking
0: back to the south african context again do you think it's a south african thing that you worried about your family and friends i think we are quite a conservative Do you think it's a global thing do you think think everyone's worried about their family and friends
1: i think it's a global thing but i think it's slowly dying because like because of how common it's becoming you know i think it's becoming a lot less it's becoming a lot more common to run into people that have thousands and thousands of followers it's also becoming more and more inspirational and like i said there's a niche there's a influence in every single niche so where you would just be seeing like fitness and travel influences you can actually follow property influencers investors entrepreneurs that are growing their their platforms there's a lot more to pull from but yeah I think the second thing also would also a couple of
0: crossovers you got the fashion property influences yes and the fitness exactly I think you've actually brought this up like
1: yeah. you can you can link whatever you want online yeah. like you can be both a fashion influencer and an entrepreneur or an yeah. investor like there's no category you have to fit into make yeah. it your own yeah. be authentic, be authentic. Um, but I think that the people that are most insecure about hopping behind a camera and speaking are the people that are worried that they aren't going to know what to say or that they're not going to say the right thing.
0: You know? The funny thing is is that you get such a positive reception from yeah. everyone. You know, No one's naturally negative. I mean, obviously yeah. there are a few people who are naturally negative, but yeah. people are generally positive. You're out there, you're doing yeah. your thing, you're making a name for yourself, and people will support it. Jeez, I saw that, fantastic. You look yeah. great, you sound good. I mean, I can remember some of the... First, sort of um, live TV PR events that we'd been doing, or live TV interviews that we've been doing, it was pretty nerve-wracking, you know. And w- yeah. once you get into it, um, and once they start getting your name right, then then you <laughs> then, then you you actually just you actually just run with it, yeah. you know. It's like I sort of equated to in any sport. There's sort of like a, a fe- like a you've got sort of butterflies as you as you kick off, you as you start, as you're about to. Swim into the pool or run off, uh, run yeah. in a rugby exactly or whatever. It's like same. an anxiety, but then once you're going, then it's sort of you. Yeah. You know how to talk, but right? You've been talking your whole you, life. You,
1: John, you are good behind the camera. I think there are people who are just naturally shy; they're not public speakers, and that's where the whole thing of like find a platform, then reshare articles, write articles, comment on people's posts, engage. You know. Yeah, yeah. Find your space. Yeah. Find your too. space and make it work for you, yeah. and then furthermore, from a personal brand perspective, if you can get. I always think about marketing, even f- from a business or personal brand, as like a massive spider web. Yeah. And you want to grow your spider web because the bigger your spider web, the more people are going to get stuck, yeah. right? The more yeah. people are going to see your name. So if you're just operating calling an email, when you stop doing that, your personal yeah, we, we call
0: it your sphere, your sphere of influence. Exactly. Yeah.
1: The second you are just posting once on Instagram or posting once on LinkedIn, we sharing an article, you can stop sending emails and you can stop calling and that thing might just carry on working for you in the background. So it's about, you know, like waking up, I woke up yesterday and one of my videos from another client started going viral and someone commented on that video and said, is this the Galetti chick? Question mark. Really? They were like, is this the ad Galetti chick? And I was like, it keeps on serving you, like it, your brand keeps going for Amazing, you, yeah. even when you go to sleep. And that's the value of social media. And the biggest mistake people make is assuming that their target audience isn't on there or that they won't drive value value from it. You have yeah. no idea where your target audience is going to come from these yeah. days.
0: More people you talk to, the more people you know. Exactly. Elon okay. uh, always says, you know, you you work until you no longer need to infl- introduce yourself. Yes. Uh, and that's actually such a good way of thinking about it. Like mm. it's, you're going to meet a lot of people, even though you're not necessarily meeting them, but you. Your sort of um, sphere of influence, as it were, exactly. increases. Yeah,
1: and it's also there's a trust and credibility yeah. aspect. Like when people Google a business to like see what their five star rating is on Google, their reviews. It's the same with the personal brand. Yeah. If someone's gonna come into the office and they Google like Galetti, and your name pops up on a business day article, and they walk in and they see you with a cup of coffee, far well more
0: credibility. Yeah,
1: hundred percent. It's it's actually inspirational. You walk in, you're like, oh my goodness, like this person was just. You know, tell me something.
0: Do you think that I mean, I'm, I understand your style very well. And, you know, if I happened upon another brand that you're working on, do you think I'd pick up your style?
1: Yes. Yeah, really. I definitely have like a common thread, especially from a social perspective. Like I personally don't have massive followings like of my own. I operate through the brands that I work with. But you'll definitely recognize a very similar thread. There is humor. There is like a casual slash professional element Mm. to it. And then there's like this background of like fashion and style that people Mm. always seem to pick up, but I've never actually focused on. So like if you go look at the Galetti comments, it's always like, where did you get your top? Like, where did you get your shoes? Where did you get your blazer? you know, so there is definitely a common thread, because there is an aspect, like I said, of fear of saying the wrong thing, what I've realized is, like, if you do enough research, you actually do develop your own opinion Mm -hmm. anyways, Mm -hmm. like, even with this whole chat GPT thing, um, like, I went on, like, this whole rampage of trying to figure out, like, is it gonna take all the jobs, you know, like, am I gonna become redundant, because now you can generate graphics through AI, you know, and you actually start developing your own opinion, because you start, putting it in your aspect in mm. your um,
0: in your context yeah. in
1: your context yes <laughs> so I think when it comes to like getting online and starting to develop your personal brand you do need to you do need to have some sort of knowledge of what you're going to be speaking about it gives you so much more confidence you're also going to find people that relate to it you're going to be speaking in a way that will attract people you can't just hop on and post a couple of videos mm. and expect them to go viral find your niche understand your niche do some research connect with people you want to be like and then get inspired the whole yeah. thing is about inspiration where
0: do you get your inspiration from what's your are there a couple of go-to places
1: it's funny because a lot of people ask me like do you spend a lot of time on social media because obviously it's a space that I operate operating quite a bit but sure. I don't like I think my inspiration definitely comes from other creatives and contrasting personalities like I think I very much i'm challenged and my creativity grows every time i'm faced with someone who like doesn't necessarily see eye to eye with me or even like i think feedback is a massive thing even if it's bad like i think from a creative perspective you can't afford to just have your style you can't afford to just be like i think this looks good so we're gonna do Mm -hmm. it my way that's when you're gonna sort of for me i think i think that
0: relationship between let's say the business side being me and, and and the creative side being you um I think that, that's sort of like zero holes barred and no personal feelings involved sure. type feedback and relationship. It's 100%, 100%
1: an opinion. So the more opinions you take on, it's not as if you're writing a report and someone needs to say if it's right or wrong. That's not how creativity works. Like when I submit a design... Although my
0: opinions are often right.
1: Yes, John. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the most important thing because if you're designing for Gen Zs or for Millennials or for Gen Xs, you need to understand how people perceive your design. Yeah. You know, So when you say to me like, oh, this logo is disappearing, it's not like that's a personal attack on my design. It's like this is how John as Gen X perceives <laughs> my design. <laughs> so if I'm designing for a bunch of Johns, I need to keep that in mind. Yeah. So I think my inspiration definitely comes from feedback as well as from other creatives. I yeah. thoroughly enjoy interacting with people that... We have creative brains but also that just create in any format yeah. whether it's from a more professional sense in like blog posts and articles and stuff like that, understanding people's creative um, Processes is very interesting because mm. everyone seems mm. to have a little bit of everyone's a different, different yeah. yeah. Also,
0: you know that that sort of um, like you're talking your perception or the way that you're interpreting it or your lens or whatever you're seeing it. You, you've got people who are very or not creative at all, mm. okay. And it's interesting to kind of see the way that they're seeing it. It's like wow, okay. And I've got to really sort of change the mm. way that I'm explaining it to you or whatever it is. And then the very creative and everything in between, right? But I, I I think the way that I certainly like to work is. When coming up with ideas, with, just come up with all the ideas. Have a completely unburdened, unchecked, mm. non thought of art sort of session where you just write everything down. You mm. come up with every sort of idea that you can because without boundaries, then you don't limit yourself. And then from there, sure. you refine. You're like, that doesn't suit our brand or that humor, although funny in the moment, while we were laughing at it in the boardroom, we definitely cannot put that on any of our channels like the, best you know? ideas,
1: the worst ideas come first
0: yeah, yeah. so you just <laughs> got to get that stuff out there and you just yeah. got to just you know go for it yeah. and, and it's actually that process alone i find that sort of iterative yeah. process is actually quite fun and then it's the interesting part is that what you take from there you actually need to take that and then put it together yeah, yeah. that's the so for me i love coming up with ideas i can be creative in that space But then if I actually had to sit down and like try and do it, oh my word, it would take forever. You know, that would be, I would take hours to do it. I'd fiddle. It wouldn't be perfect enough. I would like just, and and that's where, what you're saying is you you knock it out, you get it, you get out the beta version because you know, they're going to be comments. I mean, the closer you get to your client, actually there probably aren't any more comments. Is like, that's exactly what I was thinking.
1: Getting out the first draft is the best part. Like it's, after the first draft, it should be, it should be a bunch of feedback. Like you should submit a first draft and then expect feedback to Mm. make it better. Like, sure. Maybe there'll be one or two things. Once you've learned to brand, you submit and it's like, cool, Mm. done. But I think like submitting a first draft, it's a draft for a reason. It's not Mm. supposed to be perfect. Yeah.
0: You know? Yeah. It's also, you know, I've also noticed with you, you're often capturing a lot of the, you know, we're living in this life and in this culture of this office and, you know, there's a vibe or someone's laughing at something, you're very good at actually capturing a lot of that, you know, mm-hmm. and just re- like almost recording or, or helping to, you know, capture that I moment think that really. definitely came yeah. from
1: like the photography aspect because yeah. my photography was based around candid moments. Like it was all events, photography, mm-hmm. catching people laughing and you literally sit behind a camera it's quite creepy. Watching people and waiting for them to smile and then you capture that shot. So when they look at their photos, everyone was so happy that day. Yeah. You know, everyone looked so beautiful that day, but you're waiting for that moment. So from an office perspective, like if I walk, and I mean, I'm sure you've seen me before, you'll be sitting on a couch and like the sun will be coming through and hitting your shoes or something. And I'll be like, that's take, a good Take shot. it, yeah. Yeah, it's about waiting for those candid moments and then actually capturing them because you can walk around with the phone the whole day and not know which, you can take a thousand photos. Yeah but it'll be the one or two that you're actually good at. You know, at. it's the
0: one time that I feel under pressure. You know, we've got, we got live TV, we got whatever, podcasting, we're presenting in front of a lot of people, talking to clients, whatever it is. But it's when you see Kate walk past the boardroom and then reverse slowly with a camera over the face like glass. I'm like, hold the pose, hold the pose, hold the pose. <laughs>
1: Oh, that's so funny! So a I think moment. the whole office shares that sentiment. Oh, to be honest, special moment, <laughs> especially
0: trying to get some of the old Rusks to do TikTok. Let's talk about TikTok.
1: Let's talk about TikTok. Yeah,
0: there was a specific question I had: is all of these things are overlapping? Right? You got Instagram and whatever. now commercial real estate. You're probably thinking TikTok. To be honest, I don't really get it. If I'm honest, I keep trying to go on it and fumbling around and getting some really boring stuff that I don't want to look at my algorithm is clearly wrong or I'm not lo- I don't know what it is. I just can't get into it. I can't oh. get the process right. So there's a, there's an example of that's my perspective, mm. but the TikTok people don't feel too bad about <laughs> themselves. <laughs> but what I'm trying to say is that there we enter the TikTok space, which has had like a, a massive impact on some of the other channels, which I do like, you know, mm. I like Instagram probably the most mm. um, followed by LinkedIn, for example. Um, and, you know, then you get you get a lot, and he likes uh, Facebook to start off with, and and so everyone has their own sure. sort of go to thing. How are we seeing that overlap, and how how are these things engineering into one another?
1: we spoke a little bit about COVID and our COVID t- kind of changed the landscape of marketing. And I think TikTok really boomed during COVID. That's when it started like just gaining so much traction. And I think the reason why TikTok gained so much traction was because it was this element of relatability and humor. And I think we went from a space of being very like superficial and curated online because, you know, But pre-COVID, everyone was seeing you in person. That's where the main focus lay. Then COVID hit, and everyone was, like, deprived of human contact. And then TikTok launched, and it was, like, this very raw platform where people were just telling their stories, their mundane lives, and making that aesthetic. So it became a very relatable platform, right? Just from a personal aspect. Then brands started catching on. And, like, I think one of the first brands was Duolingo. Mm -hmm. They, like, were one of the first brands. If you go look at Duolingo TikTok now, it's massive. From that point onwards, brands are just trying to figure out how to do TikTok, Mm. exactly what you just said. Mm. Like, how do we actually operate on this platform? And I think TikTok's such a great platform in the sense that you get niches, and, like, you'll probably hear or see people talk about book talk or corporate talk or fashion talk, and it's, like, a specific hashtag that is dedicated to TikTok for those specific people. And you get... Anything, John. I mean you can have pasta talk, sleep talk, yeah. sound talk. Like
0: someone showed me a thing of someone out in the Westrand unpacking their checkers sixty sixty and telling the people what she bought.
1: Exactly. People are doing like people are finding their niches on TikTok. Anyways, I think from a brand perspective it's one side, I think it's a really great way to humanize your brand. And I think that's what we've been doing on TikTok. And it's served us really well from a, like you said, a flow over perspective. Like it's, we've pulled a lot of those followers back through to Instagram, but then on the other hand, like uh, talent acquisition, there's been people that have joined that found us on TikTok, you know, then, um, from a brand awareness perspective, it's a fantastic platform to reach a lot of people without putting any paid ads behind it. Mm. I mean, we have very minimal resources allocated to TikTok, but it's performing really well, mostly because of me (laughs) 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 and my face and my blazers. But then from a, I mean, we had the conversation, we have in between our humorous TikToks, we have real, like real work is what I call it. I literally have a playlist on TikTok called real work. Um, And it'll be like these podcast snippets and stuff like that. When another TikTok goes viral, people go through an entire page and watch all of your content and they learn about your brand. So TikTok's such a, Non-invasive way to get people to understand one culture, but two, what you do without being like. So to tell us, so do. to
0: tell a story, right?
1: Yeah, and I yeah. mean, do you know how many times someone will come and follow the brand and then like every single TikTok? There's no other platform like that. People don't do that on LinkedIn. If people connect with you on LinkedIn, they'll like like maybe your recent post mm-hmm. on Instagram, maybe like three or four posts. Well, it's
0: so hard, actually. To if I mean, for example, if I were to go, I saw a Giletti post, then I go to Giletti. It's so hard to actually go to Some their posts previous posts. Yeah. It's just not functional, exactly know, in that sense.
1: It's Whereas TikTok's comp- like nailed it. You know, like yeah. they've even if you watch a video and then you go to the page, it'll hover. It'll show you like this was the this was the video you just viewed, so you can watch like the ones around it. And the way that the TikTok algorithm also works is the more you use it, the more it works for you and your niche. So the entire galetti TikTok feed is other marketing divisions and like real estate um, professionals and it's just i think from a tiktok perspective it's half of its brand awareness the other half of it is just being clever like so tell me how you how get how you story
0: like bring storytelling into a brand
1: from a commercial property perspective no in general so again, commercial it definitely feeds into the fact that m- the marketing landscape is completely different. You're not going to get away with saying, let's take a deal done post, for example. We've just concluded a massive deal. On the one hand, you're going to say, deal done, here's the broker, here's the square meterage of the property, and here's where it was located. Cool. Who cares? Boring. Yeah. So boring. Take it from a different perspective, for example, the blood bank deal that we did um We told the story and it's a whole, I mean, you get Clint speaking about that and he's telling the story about the interaction with the client, the way that they developed a specific solution for their clientele, the way that the market was affected and that's why they had to adjust it. It immediately just pulls in a much broader audience of people that want to read the story. You post a deal done with the person and the size, the only people are really going to care about is probably your competing brokers, you know. Tell the story about the deal. Tell the story about the industry, the area, you know, the client, the business, how you Actually contributed towards but people. The people, growth.
0: people want to learn, eh? But people also want content because they're going to have conversations that are, oh Did you see that blood bank there? Yeah. Actually, they bought that land from those guys who subdivided, yeah. it and you know. So, but I, I genuinely, a bit more I'm quite
1: a strong believer in the fact that if you're pushing out good quality content. One of the big reasons people probably aren't engaging with your content or staying around is because they don't understand. Mm. You know, you can get a great brand that has great content, but if no one really understands what you're doing in a broader per se- like perspective, I'm not. We're not targeting just other brokers. Our clients, you know, yeah. our clients operate in multiple different businesses and industries. So you need to, when you are marketing, you need to be catering to the average person that. Like you always say to me, pretend like you know nothing about what we're doing here. How do you sell this property? Mm. It's not going to be um, buy this property on one, two, three, whatever street. You know, it is massive investment opportunity on the corner of XYZ or in city center, in the middle of Rosebank. Like you have to speak. What's
0: around it? Where, what other restaurants and facilities? Exactly, and, and your Where Seattles. is it? Like try and, yeah, where the Seattle? Yeah. <laughs> try and, uh, love a Seattle. Yeah. Uh, try and, uh, and don't ever see try and cont- <laughs> <It's problematic. laughs> try and bring I know problematic try and try and bring context into the situation like what how would you emerge if you were from the middle of wherever somewhere else in the world and you, this asset came to your desk or arrived on your desk how would you know what it felt like to be there how would you know that that was the cool part of Bree Street you know when we were exactly. marketing 114 Brie how do you know that Heritage Square is actually really the epicenter of all the cool stuff that happens in town. What other restaurants are around yeah. there? What does it look like? What does it taste like? I always like to, you know, I, I always like to engage all five senses, you know? what What is going on there? Like, it's not just about, like, what it looks like. Mm. It's
1: it's what it
0: tastes like. <laughs> I was <Weird>. thinking, like, <laughs> on there, 114 Bree
1: Street. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, what I was going to add is that from a storytelling perspective, like, I think it's, it's about... Expanding, but it's also about making it bite-sized pieces of knowledge that people actually care about. Mm. You know, tell, tell the story in a sense that it's easy to consume. Don't use the biggest lingo, the longest words. Like, it's not about being the smartest person on the block. It's about being the most engaging person on the block. Like, yeah. how can you actually? It's about starting a conversation, and that actually goes back to like the personal branding thing. You don't have to be the smartest or the best or telling all the new facts. Start the conversation, and the people will follow. You know? And then um, from a like, social media perspective, I think that's where this whole push, there's a massive push. I saw one of your questions asked about, like, something about one of the newest integrations or whatever mm. of social media and like digital s- in the digital space and I think it genuinely is the push towards video video content it's immediately so much more immersive than static graphics or photos or text so from a property perspective I think that is massive and utilizing the video element of it is is big and even from telling a story mm. it's so much easier to tell a story through a video than it is to try and explain it and and I don't think any anyone's graphic.
0: really doing it the Rizy guys Rizzy mm. guys are doing it very well but
1: they're doing it in the sense of like walkthroughs and actually yeah. seeing the property it's a bit harder with commercial property because you could walk through a building might be a redevelopment site how do you i mean that's not very no but i suppose same in
0: resi but i, I think the main difference yeah. is, and this is a structural um element of the actual industry in residential an agent will have 10 20 mandates right and then those are the mandates you know or more but that that's kind of like they have those mandates that they are advertising casting generally for clients mm-hmm those clients will then phone them but there are, mil- there are millions of clients in South Africa they'll see an advert mm. and then they'll phone them on that piece of stock so they have limited stock unlimited clients yeah in commercial you have unlimited stock limited clients yeah it's the other way around so now a broker will have hundreds of pieces of stock he, you know so it's like it's hard to manage all of these things but what i always say is just choose one mm. start from there you know you if 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 a guy could say i know i'm gonna do a deal on that building next or i'm gonna do a deal with that client well that would be brilliant but mm. the reality is that you don't know that there are limited clients for the, all these unlimited buildings I mean, look at santon santon's got like yeah hundreds of offices that are available you know which one should i choose to do the video just choose one choose any of them just you something. Know? Mm. um and then walk around and say something cool you know
1: <laughs> like your hair your Yeah.
0: Hands. awesome kate it was brilliant chatting to you um A lot of insight there. I love it. I love working with you. I think you've got a really great creative mind and and you do things quickly, which is my preference.
1: Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on my podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Lovely.
0: Thanks. Bye. (laughs)